Two sisters, two ways. Hi, I'm Raquel. And I'm Sarita. Parallel Ways is a podcast of sisters sharing insights into their millennial lives. Welcome back, folks. So today we're going to talk about wellness as you age. But before we get started, I want to address some feedback that I've received from the team, being my co-star and my producer. Apparently, during the editing process, they have pointed out that I strangely emphasize certain sounds and words. Um, I just say them strangely or oddly. You mean like how you're doing right now? Strangely. (laughs) So I think... There's a part of me that's just processing as I'm talking, so I tend to extend my words. But we were editing an episode together. They were like, "Do you hear what? Did you hear what you just said?" And I was like, "What?" And they said, "You said Instagram." And I was like, "What?" Like with a C, cram. And I said, "No, I said Instagram." So then I rewound it, listened, and I said Instagram. And apparently, another word that I say strangely is uh, always. <laughs> you it now. Wait, how am I supposed okay, to say it? Okay, it's pronounced always. Oh, always. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just opened up an Aldi's here in Phoenix, so maybe that that's nothing why. nothing to do with it. You know, I actually think in your conversations, maybe you do use always. Like, I always do this. Now that I hear you say it again, I think you do. I think we just learned through this process that there's a lot of judging coming along, coming across. In so the for anyone that podcast. have a conversation with her, listen next time and tell us if she says always. Yeah, let us know on our Instagram if there are other words that you think that I say that are weird. Because what's funny about all of this is I am not the one that had a speech impediment growing up. Wow, really? <laughs> so Ra, I think in first grade, she had to take ESL, English as a Second Language. Now, mind you, English is her first language. Wow. So you gotta, you got to address what we say about you and then throw me under the bus. No, I'm just simply calling this out. So she took these ESL classes and I never understood why I like acknowledged that it was ESL because there were some other Asian kids in the class with her. <laughs> I was not in ESL, but one time the teacher came and got me because she was having a little breakdown in class. I don't know why. No. So I- <laughs> Do you want to tell the story? (laughs) So I felt awkward being pulled out. Pulled out of? It's pull out. ESL pull out. Meaning they take you out of your gen ed classroom and they give you individualized instruction. So I went to a separate office and had pull out instruction. And so every week the teacher would tell me, okay, so next week on Wednesday, you need to remember to leave your class at 1030 and come down to my office. And I just felt awkward and I felt different because I was leaving and obviously my teacher knew. They never really said anything to me about going. They just knew because obviously they had to know. And so one week I just didn't want to go. So 1030 comes. I am like, I'm not going. So I'm just going to pretend like I forgot. So obviously when you don't show up to an appointment, what does the teacher do? Come and find you. So she comes and she's by the door and she's like, Raquel like this and me being like eight or nine at the time what do I do oh I pretend like I don't see her (laughs) I don't see her I don't see her and then maybe she was like come here and I shook my head no (laughs) I think you're younger than eight or nine no it it had to be eight or nine because that was when I went to ESL okay and so because of that 
Then they go and grab my sister, who was in computer class, and said, your sister refuses to come. So you came to my classroom, and then you, like, walked me to her office. And I'm like, oh, she's looking for you. She come. And it's like, because you're my sister, I listened to you. So I went. Were you crying? No, I don't think I was crying. I felt like you were crying. Maybe. maybe I think I you were, like, crying while we were walking because you didn't want to go or something. Yeah. Or I felt embarrassed. And I was like, what's wrong? You're like, it's okay, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But so why did they put you in ESL? Because I had an underbite. <laughs> and I didn't pronounce my words correctly. She had a speech impediment and she would say things like sphinx. Instead of sphinx, she would say sphinx. And I would say living room. And spaghetti. But <laughs> they living didn't room. know how to treat that. So they just put you yeah. in ESL. I mean, in this day and age, putting me in ESL because of that, big issues there, yeah. right? But this was back in the 90s, folks, you know. Did it, mom know? Yeah. And as we got older, and I'm in education, so I obviously know what ESL is. I said, Mom, how come you put me in ESL and you like let them? Because obviously the parent has to know. And you know what mom says casually? She's like, a little extra support never hurt anyone. (laughs) You know, and she's right. But yeah, and I remember at the end of third grade, she said, oh, you don't need to come to me anymore. And I just felt like I had graduated and I felt like such a badass. Were you mean to her? I didn't have to go. I mean, I think there were times I probably was just because I felt different and I felt like she made me feel, well, she didn't make me feel different, but the fact that I had to go see her. So it's kind of like that resentment. Yeah. It's like, I don't really want to feel different. And I didn't even understand why I was there. Like I had no understanding. And I remember one time, And third grade is usually when you take standardized tests. And they said, oh, you're going to go take your standardized test with her. And I was in her office taking my standardized test. And I just took my test. And when I was done, I got to go back to my classroom. And so for me, I'm like, I just don't understand why I couldn't do this with everyone else in the class. It's funny how even those small things just make you feel so different. and And you notice it. And I'm sure I was in her office so that if I had questions, she could help me either with like comprehension or anything, but she didn't help me. So it further made me question why I was there to begin with. So I think a part of me always thought you were there because you didn't talk a lot. And I was like, oh, maybe they're helping her talk more and be more social. But what I also remembered in kindergarten I remember my kindergarten teacher talking about how I was really advanced for my age because she would have these like conversations with mom after school. So so they put me specifically with the hardest first grade teacher. And when I was in first grade, they put me in like the gifted group. There was like a gifted group of like six students. And I remember why I was there because I'm like, oh, I know how to read. I know that I'm smarter. And so I was like special that way. And it was probably did that for a couple of months. And then the next thing I know, I'm going now to this ESL teacher. And I knew I was going to this person and it wasn't because I was smart. So I was no longer part of that gifted group. And then now I have this like pull out instruction that I go to. I don't know if it was one time a week or a couple of times a week. And so you can see how when you recognize these things when you're young and then that happens to you, it makes you not feel good even more. And you're talking about like a six-year-old having this awareness. But what happens when you're a 34-year-old saying Instagram instead of Instagram? Well, then that is a bigger concern. (laughs) As an educator, I'm more concerned for that. (laughs) 
I think I'm just trying to emphasize certain words and my mind thinks so quickly because I'm so advanced that it's just running out of my mouth and it's it's cramming instead of gramming. Right. Anyways, folks, let me know if there's any other words you want to hear me say. Now that that tangent is over <laughs> and you've exposed me, don't get me wrong. I mean, fine. I was in ESL. I admit it. And is English my first language? Yes, it is. Okay, so... There is a little bit of humor in that, but there's also a lot that's wrong with that too. But we're just going to leave it right there. You'll remember that the next time you come at me for words like Instagram. So today we're going to dive into wellness. And we're going to talk about wellness primarily centered around physical and mental wellness. And Rock really wanted us to focus on wellness as we age. Now, it's no secret that when you turn 30, you realize that you ain't no spring chicken no more. Suddenly, those nights where you go out drinking, it's not just one day to recover. It's like a full two days for that or recovery. A week. Sometimes it's like a week. What's funny is in my 20s, when I used to go out to the bars and the clubs, I remember distinctly telling myself, I said, Sarita, when you're in your 30s, you will still be able to go out and party and rage. And you're not going to be like those 30 year olds that stay at home, drink wine and watch like a Netflix movie. Well, maybe I didn't say Netflix, but you're not going to stay at home and and watch movies. You're still going to go out and you're going to be one of those people that can hang. And I can honestly say at 34, I have turned into one of those people. So now I no longer say never. Because while P and I still love going out, we're not going out every single weekend. And we're definitely not getting lit. And while I don't want to admit it, I mean, there are many Saturday nights where I look forward to watching that murder thriller series and calling it a night at 11 o'clock. Sleep is now my friend. It's funny that you say 11 o'clock because for me, it's like nine. Even on a Saturday? Nine or 10. Jesus. Yeah. Like 11 sounds really, really late to me. Oh my God. I know. That's how bad it's gotten. This transitions to how we started thinking about this episode. P and I noticed that our mattress was starting to die. In other words, the springs were no longer springy. It started to sink in a little. And so we said, you know what? One of the most important things to us right now is our sleep. We want to be able to sleep through the night and to be comfortable. So we decided to get a new mattress. It is crazy how expensive mattresses are these days. Have you bought a mattress? I think they have always been expensive. Really? Yes. Mattresses are expensive. I guess it's not that bad once you depreciate it over its lifetime. We activated really quickly on buying this mattress. And when I say activated quickly, we did our research. We bought it, got it delivered ASAP. And it's because sleep is something that we deeply value. I have to say, in my 20s... My FOMO, it's real. I did not want to sleep because I did not want to miss out. I was that person that stayed up late at night and woke up early. Now in my 30s, I'm like, it's okay if life is passing me by while I'm getting my beauty rest. It's a little more acceptable. Oh yeah, totally. So when did you come to the realization that your body is getting older? I would say around 24, the family went to Portland. Oh my God, this is very specific. You have like an age. Yes. (laughs) And it's unfortunate that it happened at 24, but this was my first experience. And it was so vivid to me. That's why I can recall this. We were at the house in Portland and there was this huge open living room. I just loved how there was so much space and the carpet was so plush and soft. And I said, I just love this space. And we had these huge windows to look out over downtown Portland. And I said, you know what would be great here because of space? It reminds me of like a gymnasium. I wonder if I still remember how to do cartwheels. So I did one cartwheel, a little rusty, did another one. And I was like, oh yeah, cartwheels are so much fun. So for probably, I don't even know how long, maybe like 30 minutes, I just went back and forth one side of the room to another doing cartwheels. And then eventually it's like your breath catches up to you and you're like, oh, I'm so tired. 
okay, I'm going to take a break. And then I just sat there looking out at the wonderful view of downtown Portland as I rested. Fast forward two to three hours later, my body was aching. Like so, two to three hours? Yeah, later. Like it really started to set in. My body was aching so much everywhere, the whole thing, my arms, my back, my legs, everything. And I was like, oh my gosh, this hurts like my body has never felt this before now i've never been a really active person so i don't have like a ton of muscle on me but i was so sore like i do yoga and i had never been that sore compared to how i was on that day and i was like mom i am so sore and she goes well you're not a spring chicken anymore and i went oh, mommy how can you say that she goes well look you're like 24 like your body's not like that anymore and i was like oh my god but is that really you aging or is that just you being out of shape? I mean. Exactly. You, I rest my case. I rest my case. You can say that. But I think it was my first realization of, yeah, my body isn't the same anymore. We're like now in my 30s, even though running seems really innocent, I always make sure that I stretch a little bit before I run just as like a, a precaution because I just know that when people have these accidents, it's usually attributed to the fact that they didn't warm up their muscles. And you just sometimes don't realize that your body has changed until it's too late. Yeah, for me, it probably also happened 25. I, uh, I got diagnosed with a thyroid disease. I had um, Graves' disease, which is an overactive thyroid. So I had that issue, got it resolved, uh, started my medication, but I had gained all this weight. Technically, with my thyroid disease, you're supposed to lose weight. But I had gained weight. And I mean, I was eating a lot. So then I'm trying here, trying to lose this weight. And my doctor's like, look, it's not going to be easy for you. You now have a hypoactive thyroid, meaning that you're not processing as quickly. You're not getting enough hormones. That's why you have to supplement with this medicine. And so I think I spent like a year trying to lose like 15 pounds. And it was just like not happening. I was like, okay, is this normal? Like I am aging? I don't know. Please. It was not a year. <laughs> it felt like a long time. It was longer than that. I had gained probably like 20 pounds, which at that time for me was like a lot. I had never gone through such a big weight gain before. So it was like traumatic. And then oh, I know. Here I am trying to lose weight. <laughs> and it was not easy. I remember at the beginning you had gained weight and you understand as you get older that you gain weight too. So I was like, yeah, it's normal and it's expected because now your thyroid isn't working at its normal level. It's actually slower. And so your metabolism isn't as high anymore, right? So it's expected that you gain weight. And I was trying to explain that to you. And then it got to the point where I saw you actively trying to lose weight. You weren't seeing the results. And I was like, oh, I see. Like, it makes sense that it's hard. Yeah. But I remember you kept on saying you were so, I don't want to use the word depressed, but I could tell you were very hard on yourself about trying to get back to your old self. And I remember we having a conversation and I told you, you just have to accept that this is how it was. And I remember the first time I said it, you were like so insulted and you were like, no, like I, it can't. I can do it if I work harder. And I remember you saying that and it probably like hit you like in the face because you've never had to think about that before. Your body has never like betrayed you like Oh, that. it was a betrayal. And I wasn't even pregnant. I mean, it would be different if I had a baby at the end of it. And I remember slowly you coming to the acceptance because I told you, I'm like, you can just buy the next size up pants, just one pair, <laughs> one pair. So you have something to wear until you lose. Remember, I wouldn't. I know, and you wouldn't. And I remember the first time that you came to me and it was like, okay, I'm going to buy size 
blank pan and do it. And that, that's when I started to realize that you were coming to that acceptance, but you just needed to come to it on your own terms. But I understand, like now even thinking back on that situation, while I might may have been really blunt to you, I can see how it's hard when you never had to think about that or it's never been an issue for you and all of a sudden it's an issue. Growing up, I could eat whatever I want. I never had any body image issues. It wasn't actually until post-college when I had my thyroid issue that I started thinking about like body image and wellness because I always ate pretty healthy, but I indulged where I wanted to. I was very balanced with all of that. And so suddenly you gain all this weight and you're like, this is not my body. This is not me. Let me do everything in my power. Now, back then, I did not accept things very easily. I mean, to some extent, I still do not accept things. <laughs> I have learned to process and be better at accepting things. But when you give me a challenge, I will run until I hit that wall. Yeah. And I feel like now you're in a healthy mindset because you know, you're like, I know I am eating well. Yeah. But I know that my body doesn't respond to it in the same way. So as long as I'm consistently eating well and I get in some exercise, then I'm content. Yes. Jennifer Garner the other day posted something that... <laughs> She said something along the lines of like, I had three kids. My body will always look like I had three kids. Yeah. And I was like, preach. You know, if it takes Jennifer Gardner to get that message across to you, then so be it. Yeah. You know, as long as you get the message. So for you then, what are some things that you consume specifically from a wellness perspective? Well, I will say this, and it was a huge adjustment and transition to me when I turned 30 because I was not only going into a new decade in my life, but I was also graduating from my doctorate program. And in a doctorate program, there are many times where you're just thinking, I just need to survive. So I'm going to do whatever it is to survive and get me to the end. Like you were not sleeping a lot during that doctorate I, program. I was not sleeping a lot and I relied on caffeine. Like going to Starbucks at 9 p.m. to get a green tea latte was okay. Like I gave myself that permission to. Wow, you would never do that now. And the thing is also too, I had never really felt like caffeine really impacted me. So I obviously consumed more caffeine when I was in the program and not realizing what it was doing to my body. So when I turned 30, I said, you know what? I know that I drink a lot of caffeine, so I want to cut down, reduce the amount. Well, I realized that in reducing the amount of caffeine, my body became more sensitive to it. And so when my body becomes sensitive to it, I don't feel good. So I had to get to a point where I had to cut out caffeine because not only did I have to deal with the repercussions of when I didn't have caffeine, aka a caffeine headache, but I also realized that it could be impacting other things that I was feeling in my body. So I just didn't feel normal after I graduated. Like my physical state and my mental state didn't but you didn't know it was caffeine but i didn't know that. it was caffeine right yeah. so i said i'm gonna go back to the basics and do some of these things consistently and see if that makes me feel like myself again so i ended up doing four things i made sure that i got eight hours of sleep every night i drank water like a lot of water make sure i hit my appropriate allocation for the day i cut out caffeine and i started taking vitamins because while you're in the program, you're just surviving. So you eat whatever. And so I did all of those things. I realized I'm like, okay, it's not going to happen overnight. But over time, I started to feel like my normal self. And then so now I'm like, you know what? Now that I've turned 30, 
I wasn't sure it was because I was getting old or because I was in this doctoral program and I had stressed myself out, but I needed to find some equilibrium again. And that was my way of doing that. And now I prioritize those four things to make sure that I am well now that my body is getting older. Yeah, that all makes a lot of sense. The caffeine thing, I'm with you. I get very jittery. And I don't know if it's because of my thyroid or because I don't consume a lot of caffeine, but when I do, my body does not feel right. And it took me some time to realize that it was caffeine that was doing that because I was like, why do I feel like I'm shaking? Now that I've gone past like my thyroid issues, there's a couple of things I do or that I consume specifically. You mentioned drinking water. Growing up, I did not love drinking water. I thought it had no taste. It was bland. And growing up, I had headaches all the time. I now know it's because I was dehydrated. Like I fully realize and attribute all of my headaches as a child was me being dehydrated. So now I also consume a lot of water. And I would have to say P is very good at drinking water and he's a constant reminder. If I see him drinking water, I'm like, oh yeah, I got to get some more water. Now I also, because of like my gut challenges, I drink kombucha every day, just a little. You're welcome. Yes, you helped me with that. I was eating oatmeal. But you know, so much of wellness is about eating and doing what makes your body feel good. I can't tell someone that you should also drink kombucha because maybe you don't have gut problems and it's not something you need. If there's anything I've learned about wellness in the past few years, it's about doing what's right for your body. So I eat primarily like gluten-free. Occasionally I indulge in Chinese food, but it's not too often. And I have very certain like specific exceptions. And it's because for so many years after I had my thyroid problems, I wasn't able to lose weight. I was always bloated. I was never feeling well. And one of my doctors said, you should think about cutting out gluten. And immediately I was like, no, I don't want to change my lifestyle and do something that's not authentic to me. Because Chinese food has a lot of soy sauce, a lot of gluten-filled things. I didn't want to cut that out. And I refused to accept that. So I think I went on with like another year of just eating whatever I wanted. And then finally got to a point where I just, my stomach would always hurt. I would have headaches. I would not feel well. And I said, you know what? I need to try this. And it helped me tremendously. It's still not perfect. And I had to make that decision. I get a lot of flack for it, though. A lot of people will say, like, really? And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to argue with you because this is what makes my body feel good. If you want to come with me to the bathroom and hang out, you know, you're welcome to do that. Well, and I think also, too, like, you were in denial at the beginning. Like, I refuse to think that I have to have restriction. Correct. Yeah. So do you have any specific wellness practices? I try to do yoga. I will say that recently I haven't done it a lot, but it's always something that every year I make resolutions and goals. And one of them is always to do more yoga, but clearly it's not working because it's been on my resolution list since 2011. So I need to figure out how to do that. But I know when I do it, I feel good. So I just need to figure out how to do that more. In terms of other wellness things, I maybe don't do a lot of things physically, but mentally, I try to protect my time, let go of things that don't serve me or that I have no control over. Those are some things that I do in terms of like practices to keep. What do you mean protect your time? I'm someone who often says yes to things and I'll say yes to things even if I don't want to do it or if I feel like I'm obligated to do it. I'll just say yes. I stack my schedule. I do all these things. And then at the end of the day, I'm tired or I don't have time for myself. And so I've learned to protect my time, know what my priorities are, put my time where my priorities are, and then be okay with saying no. That's interesting because I kind of have a different practice, which is 
maybe it is protecting my time. Last week was just really stressful. One of my friends texted me and asked if I wanted to get a manicure with her. I said yes. That day at like nine o'clock, I found out that I needed to create a slide deck for a leadership meeting. It was really, really important. And I was just really stressed about it. And a part of me thought, well, I'll have more time if I cancel my manicure appointment. And for about 10 minutes, I said, should I cancel? And I said, you know what? This is my friend. She asked me to do this. I need that time to decompress. This will relax me. And it's okay to have to log back in later or do what I have to do. But I should go and get this manicure. It's interesting because as you were telling the story, I didn't think that's what your decision would be. Because if I think about protecting the time, it would be the other thing. What you're saying is actually related to stuff that I had put on later in the podcast in our outline in terms of like work-life balance and how you manage your priorities and your stress. And in that way, I think it's a wellness because you recognize that work isn't everything. I don't need to jump on it when I'm assigned something and that I can actually do a better job if I can kill two birds with one stone. I can relax and I can spend time with my friends. Yeah, it was an interesting decision. I would not have made that in my earlier. Yes, as you evolved in your career, finding that work-life balance and what that looks like. Yeah, and my friend was like, I would not have blamed you if you had canceled. And I was thinking to myself, but friendships are important to me and I had this commitment. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that you'll fill up your schedule with things you don't want to do. I'm like it, so the opposite. It's not necessarily that I don't want to do, but I'm such a duty-oriented person. So I even feel like friendship, it's like, I am friends with them and I value spending time with my friends. So in some way that kind of morphs into now it's a responsibility. So if I make a commitment to someone, then I'm going to follow through with it. But that could be sandwiched between something that I need to do. And so sometimes you just say yes, yes, without thinking my priorities are this, this is how much time I have, and I'm going to do it all within that time. See, I don't think about it like that. I think about what are the things I have to do today? And then are there things I can push out and still meet my commitment? Yeah. You but know? you know, everyone's life is different. And so for someone who says yes easily, it's hard to say no. So if I was in your position, I would actually sit back and think my priority is getting this slide deck because I will be thinking about it constantly if I don't do it. And I can get it done and this one sitting, if that means that I can't go on that manicure. So for me, I would think, oh, my friend is my friend. So they understand that I'm not blowing them off, but I have a circumstance that come up and that we can reschedule and do something else a couple of weeks from now. Like that would have been my thought. And I would have said, hey, do you mind if we push this back or I can't make it tonight because of this commitment? And to me, that is something that I don't ever usually do. But now in protecting my time. So it's like the I, opposite. Yeah. We're like the opposite yeah. of how we do yeah. it versus I'm like, no, I know I can handle it later. I could do it later. Let me enjoy my time now. Yeah. I guess you're, you're right in the sense of, yeah, it is protecting your time or understanding work-life balance or your priorities. Parallel ways, folks. This is just a perfect example about how we can take one situation and both go about it differently, yet still come up with the same theme. Yeah. Happens constantly. So <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, yeah. that was the whole genesis of the podcast. Yeah. So one of the more recent practices that I've developed is getting facials. 
So I've noticed that I started to get these fine lines under my eyes and I was just panicked because one of the things I always pride myself in was not having a lot of wrinkles. Looking youthful? No, I would meet people and I'd be like, hey, watch me wrinkle my forehead. And I would lift my eyebrows and I'd be like, look, no forehead wrinkles. I was like, this face is on tight. I'm hitting my yeah, face. Yeah, well, you know what? I've seen those fine lines for a while now. I just haven't said anything. Yes. so On you. <laughs> So now I'm getting facials because I'm like, maybe I can help manage, reverse, I don't know, do something with those, those fine lines. So that kind of leads into my next question. What are some wellness products that you use? And I'll start with one of the products now that I am like all about, sunscreen. I add some sunscreen in my products. I make sure it's in my products. I tan really easily. I always have. So I've never had any problem in the sun until as of late when I've noticed a bunch of sunspots on my cheek. And sunspots tells me that there's damage underneath my skin. So now I'm all about that sunscreen. I have used sunscreen consistently for a couple of years now on my face. When I found a product that had SPF in it, as opposed to putting sunscreen on my face, if that makes sense. It's like a moisturizer sunscreen now. But you did not spend half as much time as I did in the sun. Like no, as a but I also do tan easily. That's one thing that I prioritize when I turn 30, like taking care of my skin. You know me, I never really care about that stuff growing up. And even in my 20s, I feel like mm-hmm. I always neglected my face, whatever. <laughs> Where now I'm like, it's good to have a good cleanser. I use SPF moisturizer, 50 plus. And then I also use like rosehip oil to keep my face like moist and it's a really economical and natural way uh, to have like a skincare routine just by using some rosehip oil i think most of my skincare products are actually from you yes i would say you're more into skincare than i am i mean i like it i like learning about it to differentiate what your face needs and what are good products and what is helpful for you to have but i also believe that you don't need a lot You don't need to have an expensive skincare regimen either. Sometimes it's like less is more and the simple stuff is the stuff that works the best. Yeah, I pretty much take your lead when it comes to skincare because I always wash my face. I always moisturize, but I'm kind of like, I don't need anything special, but you always get me those fancy products. Yeah, because then also you can test them out for me. And if it's worth it, then I make the investment later for myself. See, it's a win-win. You do the research. I don't have to do the research. I just use them. And then you're my guinea pig. Yeah, I don't mind. But I don't think I've ever gotten you anything that's with rose hip in it, though. Uh, no, probably not. But I have used, like, rose oils and stuff. Yeah, other than SPF, I just make sure I take vitamins. Do no. you take vitamins? Okay, that's actually one of the things that I want to start doing. I see all these brands now that give you these, like, vitamin packets. Don't listen to them. Oh. Just take a regular multivitamin. Yeah, I'll, I'll just go to Costco then. I don't know. I need to read up on it. But yes, I do want to start taking vitamins. It's all a marketing ploy. Don't believe those like, here's your, your vitamin, Sarita, in these individual package. But no, isn't it supposed get to get the cost- bulk, put it in the seven-day work week, you know, little container, and then eat one every day. But isn't it supposed thing. to be customized towards like the things that I need? How do you know what you need? Well, By filling out a survey, I'm tired. I want more hair. No, eat more collagen, okay, if that's the case. That's- but no, it's all a marketing ploy. Don't listen to that. Well, I do use collagen because you've turned me on to that collagen powder from Costco. And have you noticed results? I have not been using it consistently, but when I was putting it in my smoothies every day, I did notice it. Yeah. Better skin, hair, and nails. Yes, absolutely. You know what you use that I don't use because you need it more than I do? 
hair masks. Yes. So I have really thin, fine hair, but I have like a decent amount. Rock has this like coarse, thick mane that just, it's like growing. It's like a chia pet that's just constantly fluffing out hair. During the pandemic, she asked if I could cut it. And me being the good sister, I said, yes, let me watch some YouTube videos. So I had her sitting in my living room on like one of those step ladders. <laughs> That's right. She made me sit on a step ladder. Because I didn't and have. Then gave me a towel for pat. Because I didn't want her hair getting into my like chairs and stuff. So I had her sit on a step ladder. I had her sit on a towel. And I'm like cutting the hair. I'd like watch the tutorial. I'm like pausing. I'm like, this hair is just, it's out of control. It just keeps coming and coming. And I think probably like an hour and a half in, I'm like about ready to cry. I'm like so overwhelmed. But I'm like, I got to finish this job. And Rock at that point reminded me about this one time she went to get a haircut and it was like a relatively new like hairdresser and she made the girl cry because the girl was so overwhelmed with the amount of hair that Rock had. And it was very much the same experience that and I had encountered. she had to get her supervisor. So her supervisor comes over and was like, what's wrong? And she's like, she has so much hair. <laughs> and I was like sitting in the chair, not feeling secure about what was about to happen or what she had done to my hair. But yes, it's not the first time. I didn't call over the supervisor. I finished the job. Yeah. And you know what happened? I went home, realized my haircut was so uneven, <laughs> was fixing it myself, was embarrassed to go into the office the next day, that I wore a black shirt so my hair blended into my shirt that no one could see on Zoom how terrible my haircut was. And then I watched tutorials at lunch to figure out how to cut your own hair, went home that night and fixed it. And let me tell you, I still had to cut a lot of hair. And my hair was still uneven because she had cut so much. Like you saw her with that face framing. She got those shears right in front of your eyes. And you're just seeing how much hair is coming off. And I'm like, I don't think that that much hair is supposed to come off. Getting back to the whole point of this, we have very different hair. And so Rock's hair is never going to be like my soft, silky, smooth, shiny, luscious hair, right? It's always going to be hard and coarse. So she uses hair mask. And I think I've bought you some hair products to help soften your hair. Yeah, like the Brugio. Is that what the brand's called? Brugio? It's that face or that hair mask that yes. in that container. Did yeah. I get you Olaplex too? No, I think I wanted you to try the Olaplex stuff. Anyways, these are products I will never use because I simply just don't need that for my hair. But that's also another thing I realized in my 30s. Now, I never really had long hair until maybe 25, but I also learned that hair care is super important and that even if you have good, luscious hair, you can still maintain it and keep it healthy. And you just realize that you're not producing the amount of keratin that you used to. And so I've learned that my hair needs products now to keep it healthy, like split ends or it can get dry because I don't cut my hair that often either. So having products to keep your hair moist is good too. All good points. So what's the hardest part about wellness as you age? Coming to the acceptance that your body is just not the same anymore and it can't do the same thing. It's hard to see yourself age before your eyes <laughs> and, and still have a good enough memory to know that my body didn't always react it this way. Like I was able to go out drinking and then wake up the next day and just live a normal life where like now I need seven days to recover. Like I'm perpetually tired for seven days. You're ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, along those same lines, the hardest part for me is when I find something that reminds me I'm aging to not go like crazy and uh, suddenly buy up a bunch of products, try them all, have an allergic reaction, 
pretty much I just go into how do I fix this? How do I reverse this? So perfect example. You know those fine lines under my eyes? Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like you're talking about retinol. And if you actually <laughs> do your research about retinol, you know not to just slobber it on your face at the beginning. Holy shit, did that. I mean, I didn't slobber, but I put a good healthy amount. And then the next day, my eyes are like puffy. And I was like, damn, I'm allergic. And You then know I told, you should consult me on these things. I told Rock and she's like, how much did you put on? And I was like, a good healthy pump. And she was like, no, you need to ease into it. And I was like, mm, okay. And was I right? You were. Yeah. So for me, it, it's about not reacting in a crazy manner. Yes. And just going and try to fix it, right? Like yeah. people think, oh, I have something. I'm just going to go out and fix it. And no, you should have taken preventative measures years ago. Like that's also something that's hard about wellness is you realize the way that your body is now. And then at least for me, I think about if I had paid attention to this five years ago, I could not have this issue today. But it also gives me that perspective of making sure that I prioritize my wellness. So five years from now, I'm not saying, oh, I should have taken care of this five years ago. Are you still jealous that I get carded when we go buy alcohol together Whatever. and you don't get carded? Whatever. Is, Whatever. That, Whatever. is that a concern? Everyone in my life gets carded except for me. <laughs> so how do you take care of your mental well-being? Like you mentioned, you meditate a little. I'm not about that meditation life. I have employed intentional breathing, call it part of meditation or whatever, but I know that sometimes when I get anxious or I get nervous, I regulate my breathing because if you can regulate your breathing, you regulate other physiological things inside of you and your nerves actually calm down if you can keep your breathing under wraps. That's why yoga is so hard because you are physically moving your body and stretching it and sustaining poses while maintaining a consistent breath. So breathing is actually super important and it can help you in many different situations. If you're stressed, if you're anxious, if you need to calm down, I highly recommend it. Yeah. I think when I get in a fight with pee, the first thing I think is. <sighs> okay. But when you breathe, so this is a tip for next time, consistent in and consistent out and not deep at the beginning, but not at the end. It's consistent in for four seconds, consistent out. For oh, four so seconds. not mimicking Darth Vader. No. Oh, oh my gosh. That's what I was just doing. He didn't notice there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he would. To manage stress, the easiest thing for me is working out. I mean, going on a run, going on a walk, stair climber, uh, moving around. That is like the thing that always helps me. I wrote this question in this outline because I was curious. I know how I manage stress, but I was thinking, I was like, how does Serpy? I don't know. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exercising. Like after we finish recording, I'm probably going to eat a little dinner and then go work out. Go lift some weights. I'm like in a different zone because now I'm just competing with myself. Oh, and it relaxes with, me. With your versus little compete. Apple Watch challenge. Yeah. Massages are also helpful. I really like massages. Hint, hint. What hint, hint? No. For the next gift. I'm really stressed right now. I could use a massage. Oh, okay. Well, too bad your birthday passed. What mindset or habit do you live by that leads you to a healthy life? So when I was researching how to age gracefully, one of the things they talked about was minimizing drinking. And P and I were talking the other day, and we realized that compared to like a lot of our friends... We only drink if we're in a social setting. In other words, if it's just him and me, me and him. Him and, if <laughs> him it's and him I. And I, comma. <laughs> in other words, if it's just him and I, comma, going to dinner, 
we usually don't drink. I never pop open a bottle of wine at home or we don't just drink by ourselves. And compared to our friends, everyone was like, that's a little strange or, oh, that's interesting. But I realized that's just something we don't do. And I think that might be helping with like the curbing of the alcohol because it's just sugar in the end. Right. And recognizing that you're more of like a social drinker. Yes, definitely. Not as a way to manage stress or Correct. We don't use that to manage stress. Yeah. What's really nice is since the pandemic, we do our best every evening to go on a walk around the neighborhood. And it's usually for like 45 minutes to an hour. And it's a nice time to reflect on our day and most importantly, laugh while we can get some exercise. But we disconnect from our technology. And it's just the two of us talking and also getting some movement in. So that's a nice habit that we've recently introduced. Yeah. I would say in terms of mindset of how I think about health, everything is connected. That's something that I always think about. So for example, I consumed caffeine. Well, caffeine can impact how you manage stress. It can impact your sleep and the quality of your sleep. And so if you understand that everything is connected, like I'm not sleeping well at night, I'm having a hard time falling asleep, well, think about what is connected to that. And instead of taking something like melatonin that's going to knock you out, maybe think about how you can live a more holistic lifestyle. And some of those things, you'd be surprised how much you can actually cure up in a very natural way. It's also like the concept of when people have like sore shoulders or, or neck, they will massage that area. Oh, I have a knot here. I feel tense and pain here. So I'm going to massage here. But if you understand your anatomy, you realize that it's actually can be related to like nerves or muscles that are actually in your lower back. So it starts down here and it radiates and works its way upwards. And if you have tension here, it could be because there's actually a knot somewhere in your lower back that you actually need to relieve. And you realize if you can get it lower on your back, it actually relieves some that's up here. And we hold a lot of tension up here in our body, which is why we do need to loosen the muscles here because there are probably not here, but it's actually connected also to your head. So things about like tension, headaches, and migraines sometimes can be from here too. Or sometimes you're clenching your jaw at night Yeah, so and then it's causing head. Your jaw is also where you hold a lot of tension. So if you can recognize that you have tension in your jaw, it means that you're actually stressed. So sometimes you can tell if someone's nervous or if they're stressed because you can see on their face that they they are holding tension here. That's why people go, grr, right? That's where they're angry and they have tension there. Do it again. Do it again. I like that. Stop. Stop. So So it makes me think, like, what are some things that you can do that can holistically fix the issue that you're looking at? Maybe that's just my philosophy that I think about, like, the whole body because it's all connected to each other. Yeah, my philosophy is very much that like wellness is ever evolving. I'm always striving to get my body in a perfect place where I've got a good amount of sleep and I'm working out and I'm eating right. But you know what? It's just more of like you always say, a balance because your health is evolving. Once you've got this one thing figured out, boom, you might have a health condition now that you now have to factor in. So it's, I think, a couple of things. The first thing you talked about was acceptance. Accepting that you're going to age. Otherwise, you're just going to constantly be fighting it. And And that's not good for your health. And it's not good for your health in the end. It's causing more stress. And then I think the second thing is just know that it's always going to change. 
And then I think the third thing is knowing what's right for your body. There are so many studies out there and products that you should be using this and doing this, but you need to find what's going to make you feel good every single day. And that was probably the hardest lesson that I had to learn because I felt like I was always being judged for the things that I was doing. But I told people, you or I always it. said to myself, I know my body. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what works for me. Mm-hmm. Sorry if you don't agree with that. You don't have to do that with your body. Yeah. You tried it and you know it works. When I listed earlier things that I consume and things that I do, all I knew at the time was I don't feel good and I need to think about my lifestyle and make some changes and be consistent with some of these habits that I know make people feel good. Drink a lot of water, get sleep, take the vitamins, cut out caffeine. So you have to try these things and do it consistently before you might even see the results. But you'll realize how much stuff gets cleared up when you do that. Absolutely. So it's got to be tailored and it's got to be to yourself. But yeah, I think that's a good point. Acceptance. I think I'm at that point where I accept that I'm older and I know these things are happening and I can observe it and I'm just going to do the best that I can from this point forward. Good job. Good work. You too. All right, everyone. Well, that is a wrap for this week's episode. We're so glad that you were able to join us. Hopefully you found some value in this conversation. We know that this is a broad topic, but let us know if you want us to dive into anything a little deeper. Make some comments on our Instagram. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Parallel Ways. We'll have some content there and we'll share a little bit of the topics that we talked about today on there. And join us next week as we discuss investing in quality over quantity. That's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah. Toodles. Toodles.